Over the last several days, I've had multiple conversations with people about devotion to standards defined by God. It's easy to look back over the accounts in Scripture to see where people have failed at this task, but do you stop to consider where you might be doing the same? Remember, even your grumbling about the weather violates Philippians 2.14. We are all in this together. If you're anything like me, the idea of betraying someone close to you is horrifying. I never liked to hear that I had betrayed the well-being of another with my selfish actions, and I especially dislike the thought of knowing that I have violated that boundary using borrowed capital. There are multitudes of accounts in the Bible depicting the departure of depraved people from right doctrine. Hosea, too, is one such example. Not only do we see the prophet in the midst of a dire situation, but we also see his wife of harlotry ambling aimlessly amongst her lovers. If you aren't familiar with the tale, I highly suggest reading the entire book. It's a quick read, yet one of the more intimate and tragic stories in all of Scripture. We see this woman playing the part of wandering Israel, meandering from one allegiance to another in pursuit of true satisfaction. This pricks our hearts at the realization that we have done the same. In chapter 2, God describes his displeasure with this harlot, 2-2, proceeds to frustrate her way in 2-6, remove his blessing from her in 2-9-13, and then call her back to himself for his glory in 2-14-23. Amongst the many layers in this book, we find the principle of provision coming solely from our Prince of Peace. While perhaps one of the clearest pictures of grace that I have found in all the pages of my Bible, The rubber meets the road in verse 7. She will pursue her lovers, but she will not overtake them. And she will seek them, but will not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. Hosea 2, 7. This wayward woman is wanting to walk back to her first husband, hoping that he will have her back instead of continuing in her current distress. Go back to the last thing that worked. Sounds like something I live out every day in my web business, which is often a good strategy. But wait, verse 8 gives us some new insight. For she does not know that it was I who gave her the the grain, the new wine and the oil, and lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Hosea 2.8 The resources that this harlot had used were given to her by God. The very elements used in sacrifices were provided to them without any attribution to the author and provider of all things. Realizations like these make my head spin. If I'm concerned about robbing other humans of the respect or consideration they deserve, how much more should I be aware of doing that before God? Who gives me the ability to make that comment about the weather or wonder about my future or discern anything at all? Several weeks ago, my brother and I were discussing the high places of worship in the Old Testament. The vast majority of those kings and rulers never completely destroyed the pagan practices, dooming their rules to failure and often bringing destruction to entire populations. Kind of like turning back to the first husband or love of your earlier days. Warren Wearsby, speaking on the overall theme of Hosea, seems to agree saying, Devotion to the Lord is like faithfulness in marriage. Idolatry is like adultery. I believe he's on to something. The overall theme of this passage, and perhaps a larger portion of Scripture than we may think, is about a devotion to proper attribution in all things. Romans 11.36 Hosea's wife did not attribute her material blessings as gifts from God, much like we do not attribute our gifts to the one who sends the rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous, 
We see that in Matthew 5.45. I believe that our focus should come before the fulfillment, and that getting those two things out of order affects the entire stack of priorities. I have to wonder why God chose to use this harlot to paint such a beautiful picture of his chosen people. Why a harlot? If the overarching image of Christ and his church is a marriage covenant, wouldn't it make sense to demonstrate his jealous love for her through a good example? The trap here, of course, is that none of us are good or desirous of God. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James 4.4 4. My brother wisely stated, Don't be afraid of the gifts God has given to unbelievers. I believe that he uses the simple to contrast the complex, the weak to contrast the strong, and at times, the unrighteous to contrast his desire for true righteousness. Provision and sustenance both come from God. He can use them however he likes, which ought to burden us for a deeper commitment to his standards. Woe to us if we need a harlot's example to drive us back to his commands. Do justly, love kindness, walk humbly, and stay tuned.